Welcome to the Hunting for Purpose podcast, the official podcast home for all human design manifestors. I'm your host, Holly Marie, a 4-6 clinic manifester, a certified human design teacher, and a manifester who is following her own creative urge to facilitate a thriving global community of aligned, powerful manifestors. Wherever you are at in your manifester journey, or even if you are here just because you love a manifester and you want to understand them a little bit more, this podcast is the place for you. Stick around for in-depth teaching, for real-life practical tips and understandings of the manifester journey, and how to become aligned and powerful and thriving as a manifester. You are here for global impact. You are here to change the world. The time is now. The journey is yours. This podcast is your home. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very final podcast episode for 2023. I just, I am always mind blown by how time moves. I don't know if it's because I have an undefined route or because one of my really prominent gates is gate five, which is all about like timelessness. (laughs) I don't know if maybe it's just because I'm a Pisces or a non-sacral or whatever it is, but I I am always really sort of warped by time. And, And when I find myself at these milestones of time, like, oh my gosh, we've just, we've hit the end of the year. Um, it really gives me these beautiful moments to pause and to reflect and to get some gauge on what journey I've just been on been on. So I'm I've been really looking forward to recording this podcast episode. Um I wanted to record a kind of 2023 reflections for you and do a bit of a review of the year that was in the manifesto community in terms of what are the key lessons that we've learned? What are the major things that we have covered this year? Kind of what's the highlight reel of all of this learning that we've done? And now you are going to be so sick of me saying this, but I promise you this is the last time I'm saying it. <laughs> this whole year we have been focused on relationships. So much of our content and our teaching has been geared towards relationships and understanding how to navigate relationships as a manifester. So um, I have these kind of six points, these these six highlights that really stand out to me in terms of what we learned across the year. And of course, you'll see that pretty much all of them are to do with relationships. And it's it's my hope that throughout this year, focusing on relationships, what we've been able to do is heal, that we've been able to transmute some of the wounds that we were experiencing in relationships into now areas of expansion and abundance and initiation and growth for ourselves in relationships. So I'd, I'd love you to, if you feel inclined to, um, to also reflect back across the year with me as we're going and to reflect back on at least these key highlights that I'm bringing up here. Where was I at the beginning of the year? How did I feel about this at the beginning of the year? And how is that showing up in my life? And where am I at with that now? And what growth have I had? And what has changed for me? And what were the things that actually initiated that change? Because I assure you, you are 
incredibly magical. As a manifester, you are all kinds of marvelous and all kinds of powerful. And we are often so blind and so unaware of our own journey as manifestors because we're always just in the depth where we're in the mix, right? We're in the depth of the rest cycle or we're in the depth of, of initiating a creative urge in the creative cycle. And it's characteristically not really part of our process to pause and to look back and to acknowledge a journey that we've we've had. So let's all take a moment to do that together because the end of the calendar year provides us a perfect, perfect time to do that. And before we jump too far in to these 2023 reflections, I want to remind you of two amazing things that are happening at the moment. First off is that our brand new book is out in the world. So our book, Informed, The Comprehensive Guide to Human Design Manifestors, is out. It is available in print or digital version on Amazon in basically every country around the world. Um, We will have the link for that in our show notes so you can head to the sales page and, and find the Amazon link for your country. I mean, hundreds of people have bought. I think we had about 500 people in the first like 36 hours purchase and um, people were receiving their book and just tears and transformation. And I mean, we are floored. We're floored by the messages that we have been receiving. And it's been a joy and a challenge to birth this book into the world. Um, Grab it for yourself as a Christmas gift. Grab it for a manifester that you know. If you're not a manifester and you are listening, this book is also amazing for you. I mean, this is like reading our diary. (laughs) We've kind of like opened up all of the inner parts of ourselves and are really exposing ourselves, teaching who we are and, and how we live and how to love us and how to connect with us. So please don't feel that informed is only for the manifestors to read. If you're a non-manifester and you love a manifester, coach a manifester, teach a manifester, raise a manifester, any of those things, this this book is an incredible resource for you as well. If you are out there and you are a human design teacher, oof, do the right thing, please, and learn. Learn about manifestors. But I assume that that's what you're doing here anyway. So kudos to you. (laughs) And the other big thing to note is that we are currently in the middle of our final sale of the year. We've got our Christmas cheer sale that's been running from the 17th of December. It's going to go all the way up until Christmas Eve, Australian time. So that's going to be around about the 23rd, the night of the 23rd for the Northern Hemisphere. And there is 20% off 20% 20% off store-wide. Store the only thing that it's excluding is the new book and our one-on-one readings. Um, but you can get that 20% off everything else. So any of our courses, our downloads, our programs, if you want to jump into the certification program at 20% less and start that for the new year, please do. The link for all of that is, of course, in the show notes. So let's dive into it. I'm going to be really, really honest and let you all know that this year for me has been really up there, I guess, in in probably like the top three most challenging years of my life. Um, It was very unexpected. 
this time last year when I was coming out of 2022 and, you know, 2020 had been hard. In Australia, even 2019 had been hard because we'd been in the thick of the worst bushfires in our history. And uh, two-thirds of our landmass was burned. We were evacuated a number of times. We had toxic smoke for months, so we couldn't go outside for about four months. Um, then we hit 2020 with COVID and, and that really carried through for 2020, 2021. And then coming into 2022, where in Australia, we started to see some restrictions lifted, but everything was chaotic and it was tense and it was anxious and things weren't working properly. And there was a lot of conflict and there was, it was just, there was a lot of pain. It was a lot of collective trauma to move through. Um, and I really came to the end of 2022 and thought, Phew, like next year can't be any worse than this. I mean, <laughs> we are, we're on the up, We've, we're moving forward, you know, things have got to be changing and getting better for for us and lightening off from here and um at the the end of 2022 I really entered into these huge changes in my relationships and as a 46 a manifester relationships are imperative for me I I also have a very very significant history with complex trauma and all of my complex trauma is relational it's all related to family and uh, relational trauma like um, sexual assault and physical assault and um, I have of course been working on my trauma for for decades but I really if I'm being very honest, had never paid super close attention to relationships. I had always felt that that was probably a bit of an unsafe area for me to dive into. I didn't want to do any healing around that. I just wanted stable relationships that didn't cause any problems, that didn't have any issues, that never triggered me. <laughs> and by the end of 2022, the time of like kicking the can down the road was up for me. And I entered into my numerology year six, which is all about relationships and family and home um, and growth. And I fell headfirst off the relationship cliff and um, really had to immediately pay attention to these significant issues in my relationship with my parents, with my siblings. Uh, I entered into a separation from my marriage. My key friendships broke down um, and entered into conflict. There was trauma triggers left, right, and center. I mean, for, for me, as a person who has complex PTSD, those trauma triggers were were happening, it seems like every five minutes. And um, I really had a very, very difficult start to 2023, an incredibly difficult start. And of course, like most of us, I think I thought as we went through the year that, that it might lighten off and it might get easier. But what I found was that 2023 for me has been so focused on this profoundly deep healing around relationships. There has not been a single month or week or day or even minute <laughs> that I haven't been working on some aspect of relationships. Um, I've had a, a huge inner shift, a huge inner growth. And and of course, numerologically speaking, because I'm coming into a year seven next year, that makes sense <laughs> because year seven is all about introspection and knowledge and spiritual awakening and transformation. And, and I needed to go through these shifts in my relationships to make myself available for the shifts that are required for my year seven. But it was bumpy, guys. It was really bumpy. And 
I have learned so much. I have changed so, so much. I, I have shifted and I have integrated and I've embodied and I've released and I've purged and I've healed and I've you know, resisted and fought and surrendered and and handed myself over to this process. Um, and I I am leaving this year more convinced than ever how fundamental it is for us to navigate through healing via relationships. Not necessarily just healing in relationships, but healing via relationships. I feel like I have a newfound appreciation for the preciousness and the fragility of relationships and and how they really need to be nurtured and protected and and look after looked after and and kind of met. We we need to be able to meet our relationships instead of discarding them. But also I have learned that our our healing really does exist in relationships. There's only so far that we can go with our own solitary inner work. That that personal aspect is the first part of healing and transformation. We go through a personal journey and then we reach a time and a place where that must become interpersonal. It must become about reflection from the other and, and being part of relationships and being part of the collective it's how we're wired. And, and so we need to celebrate, I think, that any of us who have been through the, the depth of it with relationships this year to celebrate that we are even at that place because it is an indication of the volume of inner work that you've done, the volume of, of your personal journey to arrive at this point where you can now interpersonally learn, where you can now heal via your relationships. But oof, it's hard. It's hard. And so I've learned a great deal about being a manifester in this situation and how it's different. It's different to other energy types and how they navigate doing this, of course, because we're different in everything. Everything we do <laughs> is different. Everything that we approach, we we approach differently. So I want to take you through the six uh, hallmarks, you know, the six highlight reels, kind of these six key key learnings that I've had this year that I have been teaching along the way um, because I really challenged myself this year to to own more of that line six identity as a four six and to teach as I was learning and not wait until I was in the safety of having learned it all and and then coming out to teach. I wanted to bring you the wisdom as the wisdom was settling and landing for me and to really show up transparently and authentically while also still honoring my own needs for privacy and for security and and safety. So um, some of you may be aware of some things and and for other people, you might not be aware of it. But I I want to assure you that in in looking back, at least in looking back at seeing these, these highlights for the year, I was learning them very much alongside you. I was one or two steps in front. And I appreciate how much you have all trusted me in that journey. And I also know um, how emotional it is to learn these things and how confronting it has been to learn these things and, and how much of a challenge it has been to allow ourselves to be initiated into these growths. So we've done an incredible job, Manifestors. I mean, we have had a hell of a year together and next year is going to be even bigger and bolder and more transformational, but we've laid so much groundwork 
this year in order to to access that. So I cannot wait <laughs> for what the manifestors of the world are going to do when we enter 2024. But time to move in to the reflections. So the first takeaway, the first key lesson from 2023 was that manifestors actually really do need relationships. We just need them in a different way. And previously what I taught, which I do still think holds true, is that manifestors don't necessarily need relationships. We want relationships. And I think when we're we're looking at other energy types and how they approach relationships and connection, um, our on par, so our comparable stance is about want. The way that other people approach relationships is that, oh, I I need this. You know, I need this connection. I need this fulfillment. I need this love. I need this um, input into my life. For manifestors, we don't need that, but we do want it. We do want it. So for, for somebody to say, oh, I need you. You know, you're my best friend and I need you. The comparable stance for a manifestor is I want you you're my best friend and I want you and I choose you and I will continue to choose you. And I think that that is all still completely true. The way that I've always taught that I still, after all of this time looking into it, I still think that that's very true, but I've learned another aspect to it. And that is that the way that manifestors do need relationships is for our sovereignty. Sovereignty is self-ownership. Sovereignty is knowing where you end and the other begins. Sovereignty is about um, self-management, self-responsibility. Sovereignty is my emotions are sovereign and my uh, initiating ability is sovereign and my needs are sovereign. And as a fully sovereign being, I place priority on those things because this is this is my camp this is my ground this is my energetic space and i hold it as something incredibly sacred and something worthy of protecting and i don't need to put barbed wire and electric fences up and i don't need to have harsh boundaries to keep people out i just need to honor the sovereignty of this ground that i have within my energy and if people are not able to hold that sovereignty while being in my space, that is where boundaries are there in order to remove them. And I found that in order for us to understand sovereignty, to truly understand being sovereign beings as manifestors, we have to do that in relationship. We have to see where we are being enmeshed with others, where there is transference of other people's emotions, um, where we are codependent, where we are people-pleasing, where we are rebelling and resisting. We need to understand where our trauma triggers begin and where other people's begin. This is all part of sovereignty, and, and I don't believe that we can learn at what we need to learn about sovereignty until we are in relationship with the other. And so this is our growth point. This is our our need point to really understand the the hugeness and the sacredness of our energy as manifestors to really connect with our own sovereignty. We need to be in intimate connection with other people. That's where our need for relationships exists. The second thing that I've learned is that we are initiating in all 
relationships. And like when this landed for me, I was I, my immediate feeling was no brainer, of course, duh. <laughs> Except that why have we never learned this before? Why have I never been taught this? Why have I never seen this before? Because we we are initiators in all things. We cannot switch off our initiating ability. We can't switch off our initiating switch. It's not It's not like a light switch, you know. We can't say, oh, I'm initiating now, but oh, now I'm resting, so I'm not. It, we are just always initiating, just like our, our sacral beings, our generators and our manifesting generators are always responding. They can't switch it off. They're always responding. Our projectors are always energetically penetrating. They're always kind of, you know, processing all of the details of everything our reflectors are are always transmuting they're they're always bringing energy in and processing it and transmuting it on a deep level manifestors are always initiating and so of course in every single one of our relationships when we come into interaction with another person we are initiating we are commencing we are beginning we are kickstarting it's it's sort of like basic energetic maths that we need a domino to go first and the domino is the manifester and then all the other dominoes respond. So in relationships, what we see is that we initiate, we initiate energetically and then people respond to us. And then we start to get this communication exchange in our relationships. It's really important for us to learn to master the difference between conscious initiating and unconscious initiating. And I'm not going to go too far into this because we have a podcast episode about it and I I also taught it in the Relationships Masterclass. But um, the difference between conscious initiating and unconscious initiating really is awareness. So when we're consciously initiating, we have an intent and we have clarity and we know what we're doing. This is often what we're doing when we have a creative urge. We're consciously initiating something. We're bringing it into life. We know what direction we want it to go. We're taking those kind of direct action steps towards it. In our unconscious initiating, that's really the state that we exist in when we're initiating naturally all the time, but we're doing it from our wounds. We're doing it from our triggers and our conditioning and our shadow and our inner child. We're, we are always kickstarting, right? We are always beginning. We are always commencing things that other people are responding to. And if we're not consciously aware of, of where that's coming from, more often than not, it's coming from a place of wounding. And this is, I really have begun to believe that this is where we start to see so much mess in our relationships as manifestors, that people are responding to the power of your wounding, to the power of your trauma, to the power of your conditioning that is being initiated out. And I I really, really, really want to drive home and make this clear that this is not a message of, oh, you need to carry this burden on your shoulder and um, you are responsible for everything. And no, no, that's not us. And that's not how we should be viewing ourselves as manifestors. You're not responsible for how people respond to you. Not at all. You're not responsible for being a perfect human that is always initiating from a high frequency, highly aligned, absolutely, you know, spiritually wonderful place. No, you're human, having a human experience. But understanding conscious versus unconscious initiating in our relationship gives us more awareness. And with awareness comes growth and transformation. And that is worthy. That is, that's such a worthy path to take 
but just make sure you're doing it with self-compassion. What what also happens with understanding ourselves as initiators in relationships is that we start moving from a mindset of seeing other people's responses as something bad or wrong because we are often, often caught up in trying to control other people's responses to our energy. Um, We're doing that from trauma. We're doing it for safety. You know, we're trying to find security. If I can just control how they respond to me, then I'll feel better. Um, But we then move over to a new mindset and to a new lens and perspective of seeing that responses from other people can't be controlled and they can't be managed and they are neither good nor bad, but what they are is mirrors. That when people respond to your initiating energy, they're reflecting back to you something that can mirror an aspect of yourself that is available for more growth or or it's available for celebration. Often um, when we see something wonderful reflected back, you know, we're receiving like recognition or validation or celebration or love or support or encouragement. What it's mirroring to us is, oh, these are areas that I've worked on, right? These are these are areas that I've healed. Like I was really able to consciously initiate from this beautiful place and now that's being reflected back to me and wow, what a mirror. But um, the more challenging ones are when we have people who are responding in ways that trigger us and make us feel some kind of way. And those are the mirrors that are highlighting to us perhaps where we unconsciously initiated and what is available within us for more healing and more integration. So I'm going to leave it there. (laughs) I'm going to leave that one there. Okay. The third key learning I've had about relationships for manifestors this year is that we, as the initiators, really are the frontline healers. We are the frontline creators in relationships. And we need to be able to trust the people that we're in relationship with. Trust is integral for everybody, for all humans, but I think manifestors have a a special additional flavor to it because so much of our process is vulnerable and exposed and uh, we really put ourselves on the line to open up our closed aura, to um, initiate these things that people haven't seen before, to honor our need for rest. I mean, the manifesto energy is a very vulnerable, sensitive energy. For all its force and power, it is, it's equally sensitive and vulnerable. And trust in relationships for us is the backbone. And if we're not experiencing deep trust in our relationships, it's first and foremost reflecting to us where we're not finding trust in ourselves. But additionally, it shows us these aspects of our relationships that can be initiated into more growth. Because trust is not a uh, one and done thing. Trust, like respect, can break down and it can rebirth and it can be grown and it can be shrunk and it can be lost and it can be found. Um, Trust is a very malleable thing. And so I don't want to promote a message of, oh, if you don't have trust in your relationship, that relationship should be done. I think we need to move beyond that and we need to move to a a newly mature way of understanding trust that this is an opportunity for us to inform and for us to initiate more trust in our relationships. And if there are relationships that are 
resistant to that. If there are people in your life who are just really not trustworthy and, you know, it's really exposing that vulnerability for you and it's hurting you, then those are the relationships that perhaps it is time to leave and heal from in order to make space for relationships that do have a deep level of trust. But as the the frontline healers, as the initiators, we're going first with everything. We're going first. So even when it comes to relationships, if there's a dynamic that needs to be shifted in your relationship, you've got to go first. If there's a, a dynamic that needs to be shifted in a workplace or a family or a community that you're working in, you've got to go first. And that means you have to go through that inner journey first. And then you also have to take the outward action step to initiate that change in an external way. And the sooner we come into acceptance of that, but also celebration of that, oh my gosh, look at this role. Look how powerful I am able to be. I am the initiator. What a a magnificent level of responsibility that I am a frontline healer. I am a frontline healer. Everything that is being healed and transformed in society at the moment, I am part of the group of people that is doing that. I am arm in arm with other manifestors who are doing that. And that means I need to always take my own inner journey with these things first. And then I need to take an an outward initiation action step. That's my process of initiating. And that's how I stay in integrity with my initiating. Okay. Number four, fourth key lesson is we almost always need collaborative help from others in order to fully initiate an urge. This is a this is a tough one, guys, because we have spent forever with the narrative that manifestors go it alone. Manifestors are independent. Leave a manifestor to do their own thing. The manifestors don't need help and manifestors are the lone wolves and The more and more I move into my human design experiment, I'm going into my sixth year now, and the the more I understand myself as a manifester, the more I teach manifestors and observe manifestors and see the patterns and and see the transformations and see the pathways that emerge, the more I, I come around to understanding that we're not here to be alone at all. We're here to be separate in some ways right? We're here to have this sacred, uh, untouched, sort of protected connection to the divine because that's that's where we bring the urges from. And we are here to um, rest and recover and heal within our closed energy, which has a level of separateness to it. But we're not here to do life completely alone. We're not here to bring urges just on our own. We're not those creative urges don't need to be just you. There is part of the experience where it is important that it's it's just you in relationship with the urge. In those initial birthing stages when we're bringing it to life, it is important to protect it and and to bring that into the world in a very sacred way, just like birthing a child. Consider your creative urges are like newborns. Um, and over time, you will be able to collect people who are very safe and very trustworthy to be part of that journey with. I'm now surrounded by many of them and it's such a blessing. But regardless of whether you're doing that creative urge on your own to start with or not, there will come a time when you need to collaborate with others because 
the manifester is not here for some sort of solo existence. The manifester is here to kick things off, to get them started, to birth them into the world. And then our projectors are here to guide what was birthed and to teach it to people. And then our generators step in and they are here to build it and to kind of put the scaffolding in it and to sustain it and master it. And then our manifesting generators step in to innovate it, to expand it, to move it into a a new direction in it. They're here to kind of blow it up and make it bigger and make it new. And then our reflectors are here to process all of it the whole journey we've had to process every single aspect of it and to reflect the wisdom back. And then guess what? We loop back to the beginning. The manifester is initiating again. So learning that collaborative help, having people help us with our initiations actually gives us access to a very, very, very expanded impact of those initiations. When we can let other trusted people be part of our creative urge process, we allow our urge to be bigger and to have more impact and more influence. We bring more healing to the world by letting other people be part of that with us. So maybe that's something that you want to at least lightly tread in. Maybe try some experimentation of that coming into 2024. When your next urge comes up, who in your space is trustworthy to hold the sacredness of that process and to collaborate with you in doing it? You don't have to do all of it alone. In fact, there is so much value in doing it with other people as long as they are trustworthy. I had to pause for a drink. (laughs) number five you're gonna hate me for this guys but informing is really the breakthrough for healing in relationships (laughs) it's sad but it's true informing is where it's at informing is our pathway it's the gateway to growth and to healing in our relationships. I had such an interesting conversation with my husband a few podcast episodes back and you know we have been together for nearly 19 years. He's a projector, he's got that penetrating energy, he's also a 4-6, he's splenic, he's very insightful, he's very aware, he's very wise. And I asked him, you know, after all of these years together, like can you actually see through my aura? You know, if I don't inform you of something, do you know what's going on for me? And he said, no, I I can pick up on cues that I've learned over the years. Maybe your behavior will change or maybe your tone of voice will change. Maybe your facial expressions will change. But that's all just guessing. Until you inform me of what's going on inside that energy for you, I don't know what's happening and I don't know what you're planning and I don't know what you're needing. And that really drove home that reminder for me that informing is how we create healthy connection in our relationships. And I want to back this up by making a very clear distinction between informing and pseudo-informing. Our beautiful co-host Taylor touched on this back in episode 165, and I think I'm going to record like a whole podcast episode for you guys on this one like next year. But um, pseudo-informing is where we tell ourselves we're informing and we think that we're informing, but what we're actually doing is just telling other people what to do. Or we're just projecting our fears or our emotions onto the other person. 
And we're trying to control that situation. So pseudo-informing really is trying to manage other people's responses by saying, I'm, I'm going to tell you to do this, or I'm going to say this in a specific way so that it gauges a particular response from you. And that's, that's my kind of zone of safety. That's the only response I'm willing to accept from you. That's pseudo-informing. It's, that's not really informing. And, and that's often why manifestors get very angry and get very like frustrated and debilitated by informing because they're like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't get anything for me. I'm yet to see how it actually works for me. Yeah, because you're not informing. <laughs> you're pseudo-informing. You're trying to control with your throat. But what informing is actually is a really vulnerable process. Informing is using your throat, using your voice to vulnerably and sensitively open up a a kind of doorway or a window in that closed aura that says, look at what's happening for me behind this energy. This is how I'm feeling. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I need. Um, This is how, how I feel safe, right? Like this is what I don't want. This is what I don't need. This is how you can help me. Sometimes informing is saying, I I need you to hop out of my way because I'm starting to feel angry. That's informing. That's informing. And when we have really expressed ourselves correctly through informing, what it does is it opens up a very authentic way for someone to respond to that and to make their decision. Are they going to help you? Are they going to meet you where you are? Are they going to give you what you need? Are they going to support you? Or are they going to be repelled by that? Are they going to be activated by that? And and they're either going to move themselves out of the way or you will need to move them out of the way. True informing is an act of vulnerability. It, it takes courage and it takes practice. And more than anything, it takes sovereignty, which is why informing is so necessary in relationships. If you truly want to be seen and supported and loved as a manifester, you have got to be informing in your relationships. Um, There's a really cool chapter on informing in the book, in Informed, um, where I talk about the informing experiment that I placed myself in when I really wanted to master informing and um, how challenging it was and what it opened up for me and um, the things that I learned about informing, what informing is, what informing is not. And that's, you know, that's where the juice is at. (laughs) Maybe you want to go and get the book just to read that chapter on informing. Okay. Finally, 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 the last key lesson from this year was that trauma is actually playing a much bigger role for us as manifestors than we think it is. And the first and foremost place that trauma comes up is in relationships. I have witnessed in myself and in a lot of other manifestors now how our behavior is so driven by trauma triggers in the way that we relate to other people. And when we're dealing with things like repressive throat wounds, reactive throat wounds, conditioning, our um, suppression of our initiating ability, our resistance to rest, our fears around initiating creative urges, the huge volume of these things are driven by trauma. And 
I think that it's it's just really time that we start having the conversation about trauma and we put ourselves at the forefront of understanding trauma, which is why 2024 is going to be dedicated to trauma. We're going to be learning so much about trauma, guys. <laughs> um, but trauma really is playing this very, very um, sort of insidious but very big role for us in in all of our experiences as manifestors because we're more traumatized than other energy types. But it's also really running the show in our relationships. When we have this force of the manifestor energy that is able to move mountains with our voice, that is able to eviscerate things with our anger, that is able to... Um, initiate ourselves and other people into this sort of pantomime of, of controlled behavior, manifestors can be incredibly destructive to ourselves and to other people. And so when we are living in our relationships from a place of trauma, where we're trauma triggered, where we are afraid, where we're stuck in trauma cycles, where our nervous system is dysregulated, where our emotions are dysregulated, Trauma is blocking us from being able to understand sovereignty. It's blocking us from being able to move into conscious initiating. It's blocking us from being able to be those frontline healers in relationships. It's blocking us from being able to receive trusted, deep, supportive relationships. It's blocking us from properly informing. It's blocking us from seeking out collaborative help when we initiate our urges. I mean, trauma is, it is the underpinning of all of these things and where you will see it most is in your relationships. Trauma is always going to be activated most in relationships because of the neural functioning of trauma, which we're going to go into next year. I'm not going to, because it'll take me another hour to go into that. But the way that your brain structurally is affected through trauma means that it's always getting then reenacted in your relationships. It's always getting mirrored back to you and triggered and activated in your relationships. So as a manifester, if you've been journeying with us throughout this year and, and moving through all these aspects of, of your relationship, or maybe you did the Navigating Workplaces Masterclass and you're seeing how your relationships in workplaces are being affected and how people are receiving your manifest energy in good or bad ways, and maybe you've done some of our normal masterclasses, maybe you join Manifestor Mastery, uh, maybe you've just been listening to the podcast and consuming the content, maybe you brought the book, I really, really, really encourage you to start just opening yourself up to awareness of where might my trauma be playing a role in all of this because I want to experience all of these incredible things that are available to me as a manifest in relationships. I want to experience sovereignty and how relationships can support me in that. I want to experience being a really conscious initiator in my relationships. I want to experience being a healer for the world. I, I want to experience being um, supported in bringing my creative urges into the world so they can be bigger and they can spread further and they can have more of a reach. I even just want to you know, be able to have a, a beautiful relationship with my partner, with my family, with my friends, with my business, with my creations, with my money, with my children. I want to be able to have these beautiful relationships as a manifester. And I'm still struggling. Well, trauma is where it's at. Trauma is what we need to look at. And we are going to have the most um, transmutative and confronting and enlightening years next year in moving through trauma together and of course 
we are the group of people that are going to go first. We're doing it first. 2024 is is our year as manifestors of, of, of being the energy type that moves through trauma so that we can then have an impact and an influence on initiating the rest of the world around us, probably in 2025, I would say, um, into moving into healing their trauma. What, what we're doing here by acknowledging the role that trauma is playing is allowing ourselves to quite literally bring true trauma healing and deactivation and recovery into the rest of the world. We are changing the landscape of the whole of the human collective. We are changing it for our lineage, for the children that you may have or may not have, for the grandchildren, for everyone that is coming after us. This is the work that we are doing and it starts here. It starts here by seeing where, where trauma is showing up in your relationships instead of trying to shove it down and push it away. So <laughs> that actually felt really tiring. <laughs> that felt really tiring for me to go back and have a look at all of that. But um, what an amazing year, hey, what an amazing year to have taken away just those six highlights. I could have I could have talked for another two hours about all of the highlights and all of the lessons and all of the growths that have come. But um, these have been the big pillars. These have been the big cornerstones of my journey throughout this year in learning relationships. And it's it's the place that I've been teaching from. And I have seen and witnessed so much of this already changing your own lives and your own relationships. And thank you for informing me of that. Thank you, thank you, thank you for informing me of it so that I can see it. Um, let's take all of this that we've learned this year and let it settle, let it integrate, let it embody over this holiday season. Let's take a rest and move into 2024, ready to initiate ourselves into something even deeper and something even more profound. We are not going to be doing any podcast episodes for the rest of this year and throughout January. Uh, we always take a break through January because it is summer season for me. And so I am with my kids and I am holidaying and I am enjoying life and I'm taking a big rest. Um, our podcast episodes will start back from February onwards, but there is a whole back catalog that you can be moving through. I think we've 100 and, 171 episodes <laughs> that you can be listening to if you want that weekly fix of the podcast. I cannot thank you enough. I cannot share the true depth of gratitude that I feel about you all being here, of your support of this community, of your willingness to learn, of your trust in me to initiate you, that you listen to the podcast, that you read all the Instagram content, that you buy the products, um, that you connect with each other. All of it, all of it is the greatest greatest blessing. It is like my life's work on display. And I'm so profoundly grateful for all of you and so inspired by you and so initiated by you. And thank you for another incredible year of being together. Here's to finishing out 2023. It's been a big one. It's been a hard one. It's been a magical one. And let's bring on 2024. But until then, as always, everybody, please keep hunting for purpose. 
Thank you so much for spending a little bit of time with us today in another episode of the Hunting for Purpose podcast. We so enjoy having you here and whether you are listening to my insights or the wisdom of one of our other incredibly talented manifesto specialists, we really truly hope that you have taken away power, transformation and wisdom about your own manifesto magnificence. Before you go and switch off, we would be so humbly grateful if you could take the time to either leave a podcast review right on the platform that you're listening to, or if you feel like it, please do a share across your social media. We love to hear how each of the episodes is impacting you, and we love to provide an opportunity for you to inform us via social media. So please share a story or a post about this episode and tag us at The Manifesto Community. Until next time, please, manifestors, keep hunting for purpose.